What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dr. Joey Munoz Show. I'm your host, Dr. Joey, nutrition science PhD and founder of Fit for Life Academy. In today's episode, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Bernardo Lopez, who has his master's degree in body composition um, and has studied biomechanics and hypertrophy training um, in great detail. I think he's one of the most underrated people in our industry. He is so knowledgeable when it comes to training specifically for muscle growth. In this episode, we go over our favorite exercises for each muscle group for the upper body specifically. We are gonna be doing a future episode for lower body afterwards. So we went over our favorite exercises for the chest, the back, the shoulders, the arms, etc. So if you guys have questions or thoughts about what exercises you should be implementing in your training program to maximize muscle growth, this is the episode for you. Okay. Before we get started, guys, I mentioned in my last episode that I have launched the waitlist for my upcoming course, the Fit for Life Blueprint, which is essentially a step-by-step guide to help you improve your overall health and fitness and improve your body composition, right? It goes over nutrition fundamentals, lifestyle and environment, training for hypertrophy, the importance of having a habit-focused approach and how to develop healthy habits, as well as the sort of mindset that you really need to have in order to have long-term success with your health and fitness goals. If you haven't signed up for it yet, the link is going to be in the description of this episode. It's completely free, right? Joining the waitlist doesn't cost anything. You can just join the waitlist and there's going to be a ton of perks. You're going to get an exclusive discount for the course as part of the waitlist, and you're going to get exclusive educational content from me from now until the course launches at the end of November. So definitely jump on that if you haven't already. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, I would highly, highly encourage you to leave a rating and review the podcast. It helps me tremendously, and it's a way to give back to the community as well, because the more my podcast is rated and the more reviews I have, the more I can reach other people who haven't heard about my podcast. Um, That's all I've asked of you. Please, 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 if you haven't done so already, rate the podcast and leave a review. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. What's up, Bernardo? How are you doing, man? Fine. Thank you, bro. How about you? Thank you, dude. Thanks for showing up short notice. I think I hit you up, what, like two days ago? One day yeah, ago? Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be here, though. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, guys listening, Bernardo and I are going to go through each body part or each muscle group, I should say. And we are going to discuss what our favorite three or three to five exercises are per muscle group. Um, and it's going to be interesting because I think one of the things that you guys will take away from this too, is how individualized exercise selection can be, because I'm sure that Bernardo's favorite chest exercise may be different than my favorite chest exercise for a number of reasons. And we're going to discuss back and forth what some of the pros and cons are of each of them. So I think this episode is going to be a very actionable episode where you can start to think about or understand the thought process behind selecting different exercises, and then what are some of the things that you should be thinking about when selecting exercises for your own programming? Um, What are your thoughts on that, Bernardo? Anything to add there? Yeah, no, it sounds okay. I think it's important to like separate what might be your favorite versus the one that gives you the best stimulus or the one that in theory can be more beneficial for hypertrophy. Something I think it's important to discuss, like before actually mentioning these exercises, is that on paper, something could look amazing, but there will be individual differences. There will be some machines that might feel more comfortable to you because of your body proportions or different things like these. And something that I think it's important, actually, on Dr. Mike's channel from Renaissance Periodization, he was discussing with a Dr. Milo Wolf about what's the best exercise for chest in their opinion and something they mentioned it's it's actually really important to to mention is this might be like the best or the best exercises based on theory but if you perform that exercise for one consecutive year at some point that exercise will give you less stimulus you know so at some point you'll have to still rotate the exercise like you can't be doing the same exercise for three years and expect to see the same results right so at some point some exercise can be less stimulative after doing it for a while or can be harder on the joints. So that's important. But on paper, what should look like, there are some things that we probably will be like on the same thought 
on, on what's yeah. rest. You know, I wonder how true that is, that you have to rotate exercises. That's one thing I've always given pushback on, because if you continue making progress on an exercise, right? For example, like I will always squat. You know, I've been doing squats every week for 10 years. Maybe the squat's not the best exercise for me to pick because I haven't made much progress on it, <laughs> but something, okay, uh, an exercise I've been doing for over five years every week, and I make consistent progress is a weighted pull-up. It feels amazing to me. I've never really hit a plateau on it. And so I keep it in my programming, right? And there's exercises that I'll do for a month and they feel good. And then for some reason they start feeling kind of shitty. And then I decide to substitute them. I don't necessarily agree that you inherently have to change up specific exercises every certain amount of time, but we'll, yeah, we'll no, go no. ahead and get into those things. So I, I agree. I think that it will depend for sure. Yeah. Um, guys, we are probably going to do this as a two part series. Um, and we are going to do upper body exercises first because we'll probably take a good amount of time talking about just upper body and then we'll publish lower body as a second episode, either a week after or a couple days after, depending on whether or not I have uh, another podcast episode lined up for the week after. But let's go ahead and start with the upper body. And I think the major muscle groups we can talk about here are the chest, the shoulders, biceps, triceps. And then we'll separate lats and upper back slightly differently. Um, what do you think about that that sort of structure? Yep, Anything perfect. else you'd want to separate there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Now let's start with everybody's favorite, the chest. Uh, what would you say are? Let's just list your top your top exercise, and then we'll talk about some after that. Which one? What's your favorite overall chest exercise for hypertrophy specifically? Right. I think that's one thing that's important to mention. We're going to be talking about these things in the context of muscle growth not what is the best exercise because it doesn't exist, right? Like if your goal was strength or power and explosiveness or mobility, you know, we would probably choose different things. But in the context of muscle growth, what is your number one favorite chest exercise? Okay, I will go with the incline viable chest press for a couple of reasons. Better if you can do it with a camembert bar because of yeah. the range of motion. I think the only limitation to the regular bar will be the range of motion. For some people, not everyone, but for some people, it will be uh, limited. Like, I know that I could go way lower. Unfortunately, I don't have that bar at my gym, but that would be my number one exercise for building the chest. A couple of reasons. One, stability. With a bar, you're going to be way more stable than with dumbbells, for example. So yeah, dumbbells, you can get the extra range of motion, but at some point, with when you're super strong like Joseph, you will have to <laughs> pick like 100 plus dumbbells, right? And it's a little bit difficult to get in that position with the dumbbells. With the bar, it's way easier. So that's one thing, like the stability component. If you have the coming bar, you'll have like a super good range of motion. Most people will like have full range of motion on that, specifically on the stretch position, which is the most important part, arguably, for maximizing muscle building. Uh, another reason is that the incline, for me, my opinion based, to be honest, in one study, but also my experience, tend to be the overall best exercise, anything inclined for the chest, because one, you'll hit a little bit better the upper part of your chest, the clavicular, the clavicular fibers, because of the inclination. So that's part I see that a lot of people tend to neglect or mm -hmm. have an underdeveloped upper chest. And well, again, based on one study, we saw that uh, they compared upper, like incline chest press versus flat bench press, and they saw the same growth in the, let's say, midline fibers of the chest, but better growth on the upper chest. So overall, like more growth for the chest. So those are my reasons. And the last one, I think the bar has something special in the sense that you can increase load like super easy. Like you can put, if you have like the micro plates, like you can increase two pounds per week, and it's going to be easy to overload over time. Yeah, I think those are some great points. And for those of you guys listening that don't know what a cambered bar is, think of a cambered bar as a normal bar, but it's bent, right? So think of it almost like a semicircle, and it just allows you to go deeper, right? So instead of a straight bar hitting your chest, you actually can go a little bit deeper on it. If you guys want to Google what it is to know whether it's in your gym or not. It's C-A-M-B-E-R-E-D, cambered bar. 
Um, most people don't have access to that. But even the inclined barbell bench press with a, with a straight bar is going to be pretty good. And I get a really good stretch in the chest with just a straight bar. Um, I think from a theoretical standpoint, everything you mentioned makes sense. I hate the inclined barbell bench press. Um, mainly for me, the bar path feels awkward. It's almost like when I'm going to press off of the chest, it feels really awkward for me to press in the appropriate plane, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's partially because I've always done flat barbell bench press and I've taken the incline barbell bench press a little bit more seriously the past two or three months. But the, the, the plane of movement is obviously different, so it feels awkward. And second to that, I definitely have um, some imbalances between my left and right shoulder. So it's hard for me, for those of you guys watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see for those of you guys listening, try to follow along, but it's hard for me to keep my hands in line. So sometimes it's a little bit rotated where like my right arm might be a little bit higher than my left arm with the bar. And for that reason, it's actually really hard for me to progress on the incline barbell bench press because it feels so awkward. Um, I think from a hypertrophy perspective, my absolute favorite is a flat dumbbell press because I really like the range of motion. I really like the stretch that I get at the bottom. I know that the variable of stability is important, but I do think that when you don't eagle lift and you're picking weights that you can control, um, that stability component isn't that big of a deal with the, the dumbbells because you can control it pretty well even when you're getting close to failure. Um, so I really like the dumbbell bench press. And I, I do feel, you know, I know you and I talked about this like incline barbell or incline pressing, uh, influencing the lower chest similarly to a flat. But when I do it, it doesn't feel the same. Like I definitely feel my shoulders and my upper chest a ton when I do incline. And for me, when I do a flat press, I almost get the same type of contraction I get on like a, a chest fly. Oh. So it's totally different. I don't know. It's maybe it's because I've been doing that for so long that I can do it really effectively and it feels really good because even when I'm warming up like 30 or 40 pounds, I feel it like the whole chest fire up really well. I think I probably just have really good mechanics for doing that specific movement. Um, so what would be your second favorite? My second favorite would be a machine chest press, but depending on mm -hmm. the machine, that's an important caveat, depending yeah. on the resistance profile of the machine, meaning in which part of the range of motion it's easier. Most of the time will be correct, but I have used some like pretty shit equipment that it doesn't feel great. Ideally, yeah. we want more resistance uh, on the, the stretch position to be harder uh, in the stretch position. So I really like a chest press machine for the reason that one, again, stability. Second, range of motion. Again, some machines are pretty shitty built, but you can actually use like a yellow mat, something like that to increase the range of motion. And my gym, mm -hmm. I have a one that doesn't allow me to fully stretch my pecs, but I put a yellow mat and it feels amazing. Like actually, I, I don't need to focus on technique. I don't need to focus on balance on the path. The path will be there. So I basically just nail the setup. I put the height of the bed, of the seat at the appropriate height for me. And then I just focus on pushing. So it's super easy for me to control, have full range of motion. And ideally, if you have access to really good equipment, like prime machine, like you can even load it to be uh, the hardest in the stretch position. And for me, that would be fantastic. That, that would be my second best. If I don't have access for a good machine, it would be the tumble chest press for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't have access to prime equipment either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but in general, like hammer strength machines are pretty good too. And most yeah. people have access to hammer strength stuff. Um, I I would agree, like a machine chest press being my second favorite. And it's only my second favorite and not my first favorite because it doesn't look as cool as dumbbells. <laughs> That's um, true. You know, to be honest, I would probably say that the flat barbell bench press is my second favorite because I love bench pressing. But objectively a machine chest press feels really, really good for the reason that you mentioned, you don't have to think about balancing, right? Like one of the, one of the biggest issues, I think when you're getting near failure with something like a dumbbell chest press or a barbell bench press is how much you have to focus on maintaining technical integrity because, you know, you're near failure, stabilizing muscles are giving up. It's harder to maintain good technique. It's harder to maintain the appropriate bar path. Um, 
And focusing on that tremendously, I think can take away perhaps a little bit from the intensity that you could bring compared to not having to think about that. And the fact that a machine press is in a fixed plane really helps you just focus on pushing, right? Like not worrying about, you know, am I bringing it too low? Am I bringing it too high? Am I pushing more with my right? Am I pushing more with my left? You're just focusing on pushing because it's in a fixed plane. And I know people like to hate on machines, but from a hypertrophy perspective, they're so, so beneficial, right? Um, I think for a good machine chest press, you know, I think we could both argue that it could probably deserve that number one spot from objectively hypertrophy perspective. If you are going to use a machine chest press, I would say definitely make sure that at the bottom, like when your hands are near your chest, it feels heavy, right? Like it feels like it's heavy when you're stretching out your chest at the bottom, because that's really important. And then two, just make sure that the mechanics of the machine feel pretty comfortable. Like overall, throughout the entire movement, you feel your chest working. And I say this because it's really important. The gym that I go to has a hammer strength chest press machine. And listen, when you chest press, the the function of the chest is to bring the arm towards the midline, right? So you're bringing your upper arm closer to the middle of your body. The chest press machine at my gym literally pushes outward. So it, you know, like at the bottom, you actually get a really good stretch and then you contract and it's like, you're actually pushing outward. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So it doesn't feel good on the chest at all. And unfortunately I don't use the chest press machine because of that. Um, okay. So we identified a nice heavy pressing movement, whether it's barbell, whether it's dumbbell as, as the number one for both of us, a machine as number two for both of us, what would you say is a good number three? I honestly would go for more of a quote-unquote isolation, like a machine yeah. fly. Like, I yeah. love machine flies. One, again, it's really easy to do. Like, it's really easy to go to failure. Like, yeah. you don't need to go to failure, but it, it's also important to go every now and then so you can check, like, okay, I was training close to failure. No, I failed. And yeah. I did five more repetitions than I was doing last week, you know? So important because of that, it's super easy to feel the mind-muscle connection. And mind-muscle connection is... Definitely not the most important thing, but it can be beneficial. There are some studies showing that it can be beneficial for hypertrophy, and it also feels amazing. And honestly, like again, you don't have to think that much. Just focusing on like squeezing and stretching the chest. Yeah. And one thing that you know that I'm like kind of a, a fan of. You you don't do this too much. It can be really useful to use intensive techniques on this, like my reps, drop sets this kind of stuff because technique won't break down. Like you have to do some really weird stuff if you are in a breakdown <laughs> technique, you know, like yeah. it's super easy. So yeah, and also it's less fatiguing because you will be involving less muscles. So probably less, well, not probably, you will be not using chest, uh, triceps at all. And the weight that you will be using is not going to be super high. So it's mm-hmm. also going to be overall less taxing. And one more thing. I don't know if this is really important or not. I tend to think that it has some impact in the long term. You can use these machines for having a high rep ranges. We know that you can build muscle across five to 30 rep ranges. So really big range. But I do think that it is somewhat beneficial to training the 15 plus rep range, which with dumbbells, a barbell, not that you can't, but it's going to be way more fatiguing and it's going to feel super weird, right? With yeah. this machine to fly, I think that you can really go 20 plus reps and feel an amazing stimulus and maybe some potential benefits there. Yeah, I would agree with a fly-based movement. And, you know, people do machine fly, cable fly, dumbbell fly. I would say that they are, that's the correct order in terms of best to worst. A machine fly for sure is the best because you have the back stability, right? So the upper, upper body is super stable. Uh, a cable fly, perhaps, I don't know. I think you can kind of argue back and forth between dumbbells and cables. I would definitely say machines for sure the best. What I don't like about cables is that, you know, it's hard to maintain stability with the upper body a little bit. However, like getting the position is super. Yeah. But I only find that to be an issue when people try to use too much weight. Like again, if you're going 15 reps or even 12 plus reps, if you're really controlling that eccentric and, and prioritizing the stretch, the weight that you use probably won't be so much that it's hard to maintain your balance. Uh, so that's the only caveat there. I guess if you're super, super strong, it's really hard, but most people aren't, right? Um, 
I actually like most people grab the cable flies and like do the fly and they're pretty upright with their body. Right. And they do it kind of forward, similar, similar angle to like the machine fly. I actually like putting the cables as high as possible and bending over 90 degrees and doing them towards the floor. So think about, for those of you guys listening, think about as if you were like doing a bent over dumbbell row, like fully bent over. That's how I do my cable flies. And that way I can press straight down and I don't actually need to even step forward. So the machine doesn't pull me back. The cables don't pull me backwards. That's what I found to be best for cables for people that don't have access to machines. And then dumbbell, I just don't like it. Um, I don't like that you get no tension at the top. And I know the tension at the top is not that important, but it feels really good to get that really good contraction and get a ton of blood flowing in the chest. And I just don't feel that when I do it with dumbbells. And then it's awkward with like, how much do you bend your arm? Do you keep your arm straight? Like, I think it just, you know, the dumbbell just doesn't feel that good for flies. Um, okay. I think, you know, that pretty much covers most uh, movements for for chest. You want to add anything for chest or should we go ahead and move on to back? Not really. I think that that's it. Again, and I will repeat this with every single muscle, like make sure that you're getting the highest or at least like a really good amount of tension in the stretch position. It, again, there are some machines, like there's a leg extension machine in my gym that only like provide tension in the short end position, like nothing at the top, at the bottom. So yeah, just make sure that if you're using a machine, it provides a lot of tension in the stretch position. If not, I would say go for a barbell, like the barbell is going to, or a dumbbell, it's going to be the most difficult in the stretch position. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to back. Do you think it makes sense to separate back into upper back and then lats or just go ahead and group yeah, them together? Into uh, I think that it makes sense. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with upper back movements then. For me, my favorite one will be a, a chest-supported T-bar row. Like, I really love yeah. it because one, it feels amazing, but second, like, having that stability, like the restriction point of the, the bench, it's going to allow you to, one, again, not focus on stability but also allow you to freely move your scapulas, which is the main action of all of the upper back musculature uh, freely. You can have a really amount of stretch and then a contraction. It feels really, really good. And again, the, uh, every Tiva row, because of how the machine is built, will have the greatest amount of tension in the stretch position and it decreases uh, as you're pulling. So the higher the bar, the least, the least amount of tension, which can potentially be more beneficial for hypertrophy. Yeah, I love a T-bar row too. Um, I don't have access to one. So I've actually been doing chest-supported dumbbell rows using an incline bench. And that actually feels really, really good. I Dude, overall, I like when my arms can move freely. I love dumbbell movements. So I put the, I put the, the bench at about 45 degrees, and I actually hang from my mid-chest up off of the bench yeah and then i just row with the dumbbells in that fashion and guys for those of you thinking like what's the difference between a a back movement for the lats and the upper back it mainly comes down you know there's some more nuance here but it mainly comes down to the angle of the upper arm right like the more your upper arm is pulling closer to your body in theory the more of your lat you're going to be using and the more that your body is like in a t right your arms coming out to the sides when you're doing the row the more of your, the upper back you're going to be working, right? The rhomboids, the traps, the rear delts, etc. Um, so you could technically do either of these movements with more bias towards the lats or more bias towards the upper back, depending on where you're rowing or where you're pulling, because it's the same for vertical pulling movements too, right? In general, when you pull something, if you pull it more towards your chest, it's going to be more upper back. 
if you pull it more towards your like belly button or hips, it's going to be more lats. Okay. But this is something Bernardo and I have talked about. Like there's going to be some contribution of all the back muscles when you pull. It's just which are biased a little bit more. And that's why I asked, like, should we separate lats and upper back? But in general, yeah, I like the T-bar row. I do the the chest supported dumbbell row, which is pretty much a T-bar row. Yeah. Right? Um, I would say second, and this is kind of going to be, uh, I'd love to hear what you, what you think on this. I really like, um, a rear delt fly on the machine. Oh, like nice for the upper back. Yeah. I feel my traps a ton when I do those. I feel the rhomboids. I feel the rear delts really well. I just think people do it really poorly. <laughs> and yeah. again, it just comes to like lifting too much weight. Cause you could turn it into like a row or like you could turn it into like this weird thing where like you're swinging a lot and not getting the right tension, but if done slowly and controlled, I love a machine-based rear delt fly. That's interesting. I haven't thought it about that. Like at the end of the day, you're, be, you're going yeah. to work your traps. You're going to work your own weights. And I actually, in the stretch position, I start the movement by contracting the, or retracting the scapula and then doing the movement and then doing yeah. the rear delt. And then same thing on the way back, I'll come all the way down and then I'll protract the scapula. Dude, it tears up my 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 traps. It feels really good. Yeah, no, I I get why. I, I have yeah. built like those muscles. The only thing that I would say, and this is going to be pretty individual, I don't think that the limiting factor in my case will be the upper back. I I know for sure that it will be my real builds, you know? Yeah. So that's the only problem I see. Like if you want to maximize yeah. hypertrophy in a certain muscle, you want that muscle to be the limiting factor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can get a real good stimulus with that exercise. My second one, I think, will be really similar to the T-bar row, will be any chest supported machine row. Like, not a T-bar row in which you are like 45 degrees angle, but just a seated row, chest supported. That would be my second one. Uh, or the uh, dumbbell row that you were mentioning, like chest supported. Yeah. The main difference between the T-bar row and a regular machine row chest supported will be that the chest supported, again, depending on the machine, but most machines will have the same degree of tension like in the shortening and in the lengthening position so tension will be like stable you know while yeah. with tibaro you will have more tension in the stretch position that's why it's the second one and i like to separate them and that's why i think it's more similar like a regular machine chest supported row with a dumbbell chest supported row because it will be basically the same you know that would be my second one to be honest i understand what you're saying and mm -hmm. definitely feel my upper back but i know that my rear builds that's probably because I never trained my rear delts. It's super boring for me. So I have really weak rear delts. That's probably why it's the limiting factor as well. Yeah. I don't train my rear delts much because I feel like they get a ton from wide grip pull-ups too. Yeah. Um, which I was going to say is probably my... I like pull-ups more than any back exercise. So it's unfair <laughs> for me to say pull-ups for everything. But uh, a pronated grip pull-up also feels really good on the upper mid-back. Obviously some lat involvement too. But talking about a compound movement that I, at least for me, targets the rear delts really, really well, um, is that type of, of pull-up, right? A pronated grip, bringing the mid-chest to the bar on the way up and really squeezing the upper back. I know most people, you know, can't really do high reps on pull-ups. It's a really hard movement. But doing on a pull-down, you know, if, if done correctly, can be equally effective, um, if you have, you know, when I say wide grip, I'm not talking about going as wide as possible. Cause you see people like grab the bar, like all the way out. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, but grabbing it perhaps one or two inches wider than shoulder width, shoulder width. That's where I like going. And then when I'm really trying to target the upper back, I try to bring the bar to like my, a little bit below my clavicle realistically. So the upper chest area, that's where I'm trying to bring the bar down when I'm pulling, right? Same thing when I'm doing a pull up with an emphasis on the upper back. Um, would you agree with that? Or do you have a different preference there? I actually agree with that, but I would say it depends on how you do the pull up or the pull down. Yeah, I have to see you doing that. And yeah, uh, I can get why you are doing like a more upper back focus. I have done that exercise in the past and I really like it for the upper back. And basically it will depend on how much you move your scapulas for the one listening. Yeah. So how much you protract and retract the scapulas, yeah. you can actually make pull-ups and pull-downs, like more bias again to the lats and mm -hmm. more bias to the upper back. If you are doing bias for the upper back, I think that definitely a third a third option for me because I really like how you can like 
squeeze, especially with the squeeze position. Like, I really, I really like that. Yeah, and that's a good point that you mentioned about how I do them because I come to a complete dead hang at the bottom, right? So I just let my scapula protract completely, um, which puts a ton of stretch on the upper back as well. Uh, and then when we transition to the lats, which we're going to talk about next, I actually like besides the rear delt fly, obviously the same movements, but just with a different hand position, right? Um, so my number one favorite for the lats by far is a neutral rib pull up. I love a neutral grip pull up and I purposefully don't um, like arch my upper back and bring my chest up. I actually like to kind of have a little bit of a hunch in the upper body and people think it looks funny, but the thing is you have to think about guys, think about this. When you bring your chest up, right? To bring your chest up, you have to protract your scapula, right? Sorry, not protract, retract. So you have to pinch your shoulder blades together and doing that, keeping yourself in that position is engaging the upper back muscles, right? So when you purposefully don't do that as much, um, you're inherently going to pull a little bit more with the lats, right? And just positioning your hands in a neutral grip. And for those of you guys that don't know what the neutral grip is, it's just like when your palms are facing each other, right? So an overhand grip, palms facing forward, a chin up, palms facing you, a neutral grip is palms facing each other. That neutral grip position automatically puts your upper arm in uh, a path where you're pulling more in line with the fibers of the lats. So you're going to be using the lats a little bit more. That's my favorite by far. Uh, I kind of agree. I prefer the like pull down, it yeah. will equally neutral grip. And the main reason, and I think that both are basically the same, right? They are the same. The main reason that I prefer the lat pull down is because to me, like I have to be super conscious about not arching my upper back when I do. Mm -hmm when I do the pull up, like when I do pull up, I tend to like retract the scapula at the beginning. And of course, I can try to, to avoid that, but yeah. it usually when I'm getting close to failure, I start doing the opposite side. So I start arching my back. While when I do the neutral rib pull down, I don't do that. What I do is I focus on squeezing my abs, having, as you said, like as close as neutral my back, or maybe even like rounding a little bit my upper back a little bit when do the exercise. And what I do is for the one seeing, otherwise I will uh, explain, is I tend to stretch everything and then like lean back a little bit so I can pull directly to the floor in a straight line. And that what usually happens uh, is that the line of force, in this case, the cable will be aligned with your elbow, with your forearm, which minimize the involvement from the biceps. So that way, just my mind muscle connection is better. But they're basically the same exercise, just different equipment. And yeah, that's my number one favorite. Yeah, guys, in, in general, because I know some of this stuff could probably get a little bit confusing. Like if your hands are in a neutral position, it's probably going to be more lat focused, right? Sure, there's a little bit of difference in terms of how you position your upper body or like where you're pulling towards. But in general, like if you have an overhand grip and you're pulling out to the sides, it's more upper back. If you're in a more neutral position, it's going to be more uh, mid back and lats, right? Um, so it, it's, that's why there's not going to be many differences in terms of like the specific exercises for upper back and, and, and lats. It's just really the hand position. I will say though, for lats, in terms of a rowing movement, a cable row for me, like you can't beat a cable row. I love a cable row, a neutral, uh, grip cable. Actually, my gym has the, uh, I forget what the type of bar is, but it's like, you just hook your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of at like 45 degrees. Imagine um, mag grip yep that's amazing but a, a neutral grip is pretty good and most gyms you know they have the neutral grip that's really really narrow i don't like that one you know there's a neutral grip where like the hands are like six inches away from each other i don't like it especially if you're a larger individual it's like it's like you're pulling outward almost yeah. right rather than pulling straight so a neutral grip that is a little bit wider maybe like i don't know 18 inches wide or something like that ideally, you know, the neutral grip that you're holding, your hand position is about shoulder width, right? Because you want to be pulling in that straight plane. Um, the reason why I like the cable row more than a chest supported row is because I really like the stretch that I can get. I like leaning forward. I like it pulling me all the way. So I almost do it. It's almost like a vertical yeah. in that position. And then I, I, I uh, sit backwards and pull towards my midsection. But I really like how that feels. Um, and then similar thing here, it's like 
you can do a row where you really, you know, puff your chest up, you retract your scapula. That's not going to be much for the lats, but if you actually let your upper body be hunched over, I know it sounds funny, but like actually intentionally just letting your body hunch and just pulling your elbow towards your hip, that feels really, really good on the lats specifically. Um, what's your choice there? Exactly the same exercise, but I prefer if it's unilateral, like doing it with one hand. If you have like something to support your other hand, of course, to make it more stable, better. But I, if not, I still prefer just one hand. The main reason is mind-muscle connection. I get a way better mind-muscle connection. And actually what you can do a little bit is once your elbow is like close to your body, like lean to that side a little bit and you will feel the squeeze like crazy because one of the functions of the lat is lateral flexion of the body. So leaning to the side. So I really like that one. If I don't do it unilateral because of time, it will be like both hands. But yeah, that's my second favorite. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't like the unilateral movement so much because I have a hard time um, feeling like they both feel like feeling the lats equally on both sides. I know oh, that sounds so funny, but it, it's like when I do a cable row with both hands, I feel my lats on both sides the same. And then when I do the single arm, it's almost like it's hard to mimic the exact same technique on on both sides. So my left side always feels like not as good as my right side. And then I focus on it so much, I hyperfixate on it, and it just like drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like the single arm stuff for the back, to be honest. But it's funny. It's just because I, I cannot get my left side to feel the same way that my right side does. Um, and so I usually stick to the, to the bilateral movements there on the lats. Uh, I don't think there's really a third movement for this, right? Because, you know, neutral grip, vertical pull, neutral grip, horizontal pull, make sure that either of those really let you get a good stretch. You know, I don't do lat pull downs because I can't fully stretch my arms on any lat pull down machine. They're not made for people my height, right? So like I could literally re-rack the weight at the top and like my arms are still bent. I don't get a stretch at all. And that's why over the years I've gotten so good at pull-ups because I'm just forced to do pull-ups for a vertical yeah, pull-up. I can't do a pull-down. I literally can't, right? So I try to do it on my gym at my gym sometimes. And if I'm going to get a full stretch, it turns into a row because I have to lean back so much to be able to get the full stretch in the back. So it just doesn't make sense. But um, I wish I could do a lat pull-down because I could, I could assume that if you can really put the, the pad tight on your legs, you could really get a lot out of the pull. Yeah, um, uh, that's my third option, to be honest. Like a wide yeah. grip pull-down. But focusing on maintaining like neutral spine and focusing yeah. not on the scapula, but actually the, the movement of your arm, like bringing yeah. your arm down. I love it, especially for high reps. Like I feel such good connection when I have like 15 mm -hmm. to 20 rep range, a wide rip pull down. A, so yeah, that's the third option. But yeah. I understand your problem. I remember doing, trying to do that at the Arnold and it was impossible for yeah. you. Okay, let's move on to shoulders. And this is gonna be interesting. We'll talk about general shoulder exercises. Maybe we could do two or three there and then some lateral shoulders and we'll talk about why we're separating those. For me, I don't do it much because it just doesn't fit into my program right now, but I love a barbell overhead press standing. I love it. I think um, it's just a fun athletic movement, right? Uh, you get a great range of motion. You can bring the bar all the way down to the chest. I actually think I, not think, I do get a better range of motion and stretch with the barbell than I do with the dumbbells because the dumbbell head, when you're getting like 60, 70 pound dumbbells and it's big, it just hits your shoulder and you're limiting the range of motion there. So I love the barbell overhead press for that reason. So great range of motion. It's a fun movement. And two, you know, when you're getting past the head, if you actually press it backwards directly over the head, you're getting a good, a good amount of lateral, uh, lateral shoulder activation too, which you don't necessarily get with just a dumbbell press if you're just pressing in a straight movement, right? So for those of you guys listening, like when you barbell press, you don't just press straight up. You actually press straight up and then halfway through the movement, you also pull backwards, which activates the lateral delt a good amount there as well. Obviously not as much as a lateral delt fly, but you you do get more lateral delt activation with the barbell shoulder press if done in that, in that fashion compared to like a normal traditional like um, dumbbell shoulder press. So for me, that's number one by far. What about for you? Okay, if you tell me about enjoyment, I love a barbell overhead press. If you tell me about hypertrophy, I don't like it. And I rarely program that for my clients just because I find that my clients find the same, right? Indiv individuality. But in my case, like 
I don't like it because I have to use too much balance. Like I really have to squeeze my glutes, my core, and I just focus on more like strength. Like I don't feel like good in my muscle connection. I don't feel like, I just feel like I'm pushing something, right? Which <laughs> will work. Like it will make yeah. your, your, your muscles grow. But I don't think that's the best case, but the best exercise. For me, it's actually a seated dumbbell press, but not like most people do with like arms, arms up, inside. inside. Actually 45 degrees. 45 degrees forward that will allow me to go all the way down probably even more even lower than a barbell i would argue depending on the size of the dumbbell but yeah i really like that one and i actually put the bench a little bit like leaning back so yeah probably what 15 degrees leaning back not you know it's not an incline press exactly so yeah what i typically recommend is put the bench all the way up to 90 degrees and then put it one notch down exactly same same thing i really like that one uh, but that's more for that will quote unquote isolate more the the front deal. So you won't get too much or anything from your lateral deal. So that's just the only thing that I don't love it. But yeah, I think that that would be my my number one pick. Now, if we're talking about lateral delts, my number one pick will be cable like wrist height cable lateral delts, like yeah. raises. I love that exercise. I don't know what you what do you think about that one. Yeah, that's my number one too, for sure. Well, I wanted to say something else about the barbell overhead press. So two things. One, it's definitely hard on balance and like you need to squeeze everything. One thing that helps is using a belt for sure. So if you use a belt on the barbell overhead press. And then two, that's one exercise really that if you slow down the eccentric Oof. and you pause it on your chest, you're not going to be able to use that much weight, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I used to do it too, like very explosively, kind of like a powerlifting movement. But for a while, when I started doing the barbell overhead press as my last movement for shoulders, dude, you don't have to worry about your balance because the way yeah, you're using true. it is really light. Um, I've never gotten a better pump in my shoulders than doing a shoulder press with a really slow eccentric pause here and then explosive contraction over the head. Uh, and I know that that a pump isn't the only indicator, but I can do one set of eight to 10 and like my shoulders are just pumped up. So I really, really like it for that reason. And then like, you know, applying the hypertrophy principles of like the full range of motion, slow eccentric pause in the chest does take a lot of weight off of the bar yeah, and does sure. help a ton with the balance component too. You know um, what? I, I'm actually biased against that exercise, but that's my personal thing because I always, always, I think that I have done these like four or five times that I hit my nose with the bar, like, <sighs> but really hard, you know, like, and bleed because like the bar, like, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't like it because of that, but yeah, it's a really good exercise. It's because you're clumsy, bro. I, I have a big nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame it on the nose. I have a big nose too, dude. I have a big nose too, and I never hit my nose. And if I did, I would make the bar bleed, not my nose. Okay. <laughs> Are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping, cooking, and preparing your meals? I get it. Time is precious, and that's where Icon Meals comes into play. I've partnered with Icon Meals to bring you delicious, macro-friendly, and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter you. Okay, so barbell overhead press, I would say second dumbbell shoulder press for sure. I mean, there's not much for shoulders really, right? Unless you have a really good machine shoulder press, but I've found that most machine shoulder presses at most gyms suck. Yeah. It's hard to have a really good shoulder press machine. And honestly, you know, with dumbbells, if you really control them, it's hard to be a, a, a dumbbell shoulder press. A dumbbell shoulder press feels really good. I actually like, the 45 degree angle, but towards the top rotating a little bit too, just because I do get like, 
I don't know, man, maybe I have good mind muscle connection with some of these muscles, but I do feel my lateral delt really pulling backwards when I'm trying to put the barbell uh, or the dumbbell over my head, right? I try to finish all shoulder pressing movements like completely over my head where it's in balance. I feel like I get a little bit more of a pump in the lateral delt there too. But if we're going to talk about specific lateral delt movements, by far the cable is uh, my favorite. Um, and it's, you know, just for the reason that at the bottom of the movement, you're still stretching out the, the shoulder, right? You're stretching out that lateral delt. Now, I think one mistake that people make when they do lateral raises with the cable is that they put the, they put the cable all the way at the bottom, right? Like all the way at the floor. Yeah. So you have to think about the angle. Like imagine you're at the bottom of the position. So your hand is fully relaxed at the bottom. If the cable is pulling you down towards the floor, it's not putting tension against the lateral delt necessarily, right? So I like to bring the cable up a little bit. So where the bottom position is kind of in line with where my hand is. Yeah. Right. So think guys think, and when I say in line parallel relative to the floor, right? So when you bring your hand down, your hand is what maybe like midway down your thigh, make sure you set the cable at a similar height midway down your thigh. The reason is because then when you're at the bottom of the movement, the cable is pulling you laterally and it's putting tension directly on the lateral delt. So you're getting a good amount of tension there on the stretched position. Um, would you say dumbbells is probably your second favorite? Yeah, but one alternative thing. Like I love dumbbells and to be honest, it gives me a better pump, like regular dumbbells mm -hmm. or races. But again, it's not the most important thing. The one that I feel the most tension with dumbbells is lengthening partials. I know that you don't do this often. I know we actually did I have been doing it for the lateral delts because it feels okay. good. So I love like only up to 45 degrees, you'll have to grab heavier dumbbells. But I actually feel like a crazy amount of tension. And actually it's one of the few exercises that actually like I get dumps on the lateral delts. With that exercise, it's one of the few that I actually get a lot of dumps the, the, the couple of next days. So that would be my next one, my number two. And then regular dumbbell lateral races like 90 degree or, or a little bit higher would be my number three. Yeah. So partial lengthens just guys just means only doing the bottom portion of the exercise, right? Like if you do a dumbbell lateral raise and you bring your arm up to 90 degrees, obviously the higher you bring the dumbbell up, the harder it is, right? So the dumbbell lateral raise inherently is hardest in the short, shortened position in the contracted position all the way up top. That's the hardest part. Um, and you know, there's a good amount of science that you showing that you theoretically want the hardest part to be in the lengthened position, which is the opposite. Now you can't grab a 50 pound dumbbell and bring it all the way up because it just gets heavier and heavier because your arm is further away from you, right? The dumbbell's further away from the shoulder. So you technically are needing to produce more force the higher you bring the dumbbell up. But if you just grab those really heavy dumbbells and only do like the first half of the movement, it does feel really, really good. And I had never done those um, until you came to Tampa. And doing them with like the 40s or the 45s and like even using a little bit of like momentum and body English on them. It feels really good. I do like those a ton. Uh, I should okay, so, be able to use the 40 pounds for that. No, I, I use 20. No, you probably use, use the fives for partial lengthens. So we've covered what? We've covered the chest. We've covered the back. We've covered the shoulders. Where do you think an exercise like a dip falls into this? Do you like dips at all? I like it for chest mainly. I mm -hmm. prefer it for the chest. It's easier for me to get in the position for the chest than for like hitting yeah. triceps. You can modify the, the technique. The only thing is that I can't get a really deep stretch because it doesn't feel comfortable on my shoulders. I know people like Dr. Mike, they go like, actually like the elbow above their head, like they have a crazy range of motion, but yeah. I can't, just doesn't feel comfortable for my shoulder. Yeah. I used to do them a ton. I love the way they feel, but I, I can't do it because of my shoulder either. My left shoulder, it's just messed up. Um, and I don't know if it's from doing dips or from bench pressing or whatever it is. I just can't do a deep dip. I used to do them always. Like it used to be one of my, my like primary movements for chest. I used to love doing dips and they feel Amazing. really good. Yeah. And unfortunately I just can't do them anymore. And they're really good for the, for the front delt too. Like you're going to get a ton of, of shoulder involvement there as well. I mean, any, any sort of press, sure. you're going to get a good amount of shoulder involvement. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to the biceps now. And we'll probably just do two exercises for the biceps and two exercises for the triceps since they're smaller movements. What's your favorite bicep movement? My favorite one, and also really good for hypertrophy, will be an incline dumbbell curl. Like you get a really good stretch at the bottom. It's my favorite. If you tell me what's the best one in your opinion will be 
facing away from the cable, like a Bayesian rule, but setting the cable almost at, at your wrist height, like same as the, uh, the lateral raise with cable. That one will get one, you're with your arm behind your body, so stretching the biceps a little bit more. And the most amount of tension will be in the initial part when your muscle is under greatest stretch. So that's, in my opinion, the favorite one. But to be honest, I don't love to do it because like having to do one arm at a time, like I, I think that I will, I will lose too much time. So my favorite one, and also probably pretty similar in terms of hypertrophy will be the incline bicep curl. Yeah, I knew you were going to say the incline bicep curl. I actually hate cables for biceps. I know that theoretically, yeah, you get a better stretch. I hate cables because it just feels so awkward for biceps specifically. At least for me, it feels so awkward. It's like, yes, you get a really good stretch, but then like it doesn't feel natural because I feel like then what feels natural is like working against gravity, but then this is pulling you back and then you have to pull in this weird angle and I'm like trying to keep my shoulder back and not let my shoulder move. And it's, it yes. feels so awkward, right? It feels so, so awkward. Um, I like the incline bicep curl on a bench with dumbbells. You know, you get that really good stretch at the bottom. But if I'm going to say like what my number one favorite is by far is just a normal standing alternating bicep curl, like old school bodybuilding alternating bicep curl. Um, I like doing one arm at a time because I can use a little bit more weight too. Uh, like I feel like it's really hard to get really good tension and, and, and get near failure when I'm curling with both arms at a time. You, uh, like if I just do one, I mean, it's probably cause one is resting a little bit between the reps, but I like, I like that movement. Like <laughs> it makes you feel like Arnold, right? Like just doing one arm at a time, doing your curls. That's my favorite movement. I know from a theoretical standpoint, it's not probably the most hypertrophy promoting exercise, but you know, one important variable that like is important to talk about is like the weight that you're using is important too, right? Like, yeah. So for me, that's the movement that allows me to use the heaviest weights and I get really good bicep pump doing. I would say second is probably the incline with the arm behind the body. Um, you know, I used no, to I, really I actually like take on the, the bicep yeah. curl, like the dumbbell bicep curl. Yeah. That would be my second. I, I used to really like uh, preacher curls, but they just make my forearms hurt a lot. I feel like my my like uh, brachialis works more than my bicep when I do that, especially at the bottom. It feels like my forearm is going to tear. I don't know why. Like I can obviously stretch out my elbows completely, but something about that last inch of the preacher curl, especially if you're trying to make it really strict and not let your shoulder come forward like most people do, um, it hurts the hell out of my forearms. And the next day, my forearms are so, so, so sore. <laughs> so for me, I don't usually do those all that much. Every once in a while, I'm like, I know it's a good exercise. Let me try it again. And it just like doesn't feel good. <laughs> um, so the the standing bicep curl, number one, the incline uh, seated curl, number two. What about for triceps? For triceps, my favorite one will be a single arm tricep pushdown, uh, not extension. It's a little difference here. The pushdown, basically what I try to do is to keep my elbow behind my body. So when I go up, actually like when I am stretching the triceps the most, like my forearm is almost parallel to the floor. So I get the most amount of So you're of trying to keep the in cable the in a straight line, right? So your yeah. elbow comes back. So you're, you're exactly. actually like pushing. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite one. I prefer single arm just for the fact that when you do it with a bar, like I get like the cable in my nose a little bit and it bothers me like uh, I lose concentration. So I prefer single arm, but to be honest, like right now I'm doing it like with the bar just because of saving time. And I feel the same amount of tension, the same, the same outcome, just it's anno it annoys me a little bit to see the cable in my eyeline, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate seeing the cable in the eyeline. It's not comfortable. I would say my favorite by far is a dumbbell skull crusher um, with a slight incline on the bench so that I have a little bit uh, better stretch, but just a very slight incline because I can't get in the position comfortably if it's at like 45 degrees. But I I'm sure you guys listening think I'm re a really big fan of dumbbells. I'm a really big fan of dumbbells. Uh, I really like the dumbbell skull crusher. For me, nothing gives me a better tricep pump um, and better stretch because in that position, I really let my arm come all the way down and then I let it come you know, up more and get a deep stretch on the tricep. 
By the way, guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you want to get more out of this episode, go watch it on YouTube because we're like demonstrating a lot of it. And visually, you'll you'll understand a lot more of what we're saying. But the the skull crusher for me, by far, I like that with the dumbbells, each dumbbell can come beside the head and like go deeper than just the barbell or the easy curl bar. I don't like the easy curl bar for triceps at I all. I used to have... Um, at my gym, uh, at Florida state university gym, um, they had actually a really good overhead tricep extension machine where you were seated and you were in a really good position. And that's probably my favorite machine for triceps I've ever used. I haven't seen it at any other gym ever. So for that reason, like I don't include that one because I just like don't have access to it anywhere. And then I would say my second one is actually what you mentioned, a cable tricep push down but I, I do both hands at a time. I like being able to get my body almost a little bit over it and pressing down. It's almost, it's kind of like a dip, kind of. Yeah, right. But you're pushing in a straight line and, and it's important to think about this because most people, when they do a cable exercise for the triceps, they keep the upper arm stable. And so the cable moves in a semicircle, right? Yeah. And that just feels weird. You get like no tension in some sections and you get a crazy amount of tension in other sections. And it's because like a cable is meant to move in a straight line. Like cable's not meant to move in like a semicircle, right? It doesn't, you don't get like the best tension when it's moving in that weird angle. So actually thinking about moving the cable in a straight line and moving your elbows in response to that surprisingly feels amazing on the triceps, especially at the top. Like you mentioned, the elbows naturally come behind the body and you get a super deep stretch in the tricep. And then just thinking about pushing, I actually think that translates really well to your pushing movements, like your barbell yeah, bench press sure. and all that stuff as well. Um, awesome, man. Any other upper body exercises you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. I think we should cover everything. And actually for the triceps, my second one will be the school crusher. So again, yeah. like the opposite of you, but I do prefer to do it like as inclined, as comfortable as possible. For me, it's about 45 degrees uh, because I can put my arm a little bit higher and basically yeah. that stretches my triceps a little bit more. That's yeah. my second favorite one for sure. And yeah. those two, I, I have been doing these two exercises for two years probably or over yeah, a year at least. And I always get an amazing, amazing tension. Yeah. You know, with the skull crusher, what I do for the stretch, because obviously I'm not as upright as you, is when I bring it all the way down here, I then let my arm come back as much as possible. And I yeah. do get a super deep stretch there, trying to get my upper arm as parallel with the floor almost. Okay. So the dumbbells pulling down. And so for me, the skull crusher, like, and again, for those of you guys watching, it's going to be a lot better. But instead of just being here, I'll come down here, stretch, and then get an explosive contraction upwards. That shit feels really good. <laughs> and I think one of the functions of the triceps is also like assisting in shoulder extension. So yeah. it makes sense that you will also feel a lot of triceps there. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap this up, this episode up here, and then we're going to do a uh, lower body episode, which we'll publish on a later date. Um, guys, some really exciting stuff, by the way. We haven't released anything yet, but Bernardo and I are working on a really exciting project. Um, so Bernardo, as you can hear from him talking, is very, very, very well-versed on the exercise science side of things, biomechanics programming for hypertrophy specifically. He actually did his master's degree in biomechanics and body composition, correct? Body composition, but- Body I'm composition, but you part. learned a good amount about biomechanics exercise selection. Yeah. You had some professors that were experts in biomechanics. Yeah. So Bernardo and I are actually partnering up and we're gonna be releasing a muscle growth, hypertrophy and healthy habits related membership pretty soon. We're hoping to launch at the beginning of January. And uh, as a part of the membership, you're going to get um, access to workout programs that fit your specific needs, whether you're a beginner, advanced, want to train three, four or five days per week, you work out at home or at the gym, you're a man or a woman, you'll be able to have a training program that's specific to you. We're going to be doing weekly, probably once a week to start off, but eventually two, three times a week calls to go over technique, talk about training, and then a big emphasis of the, you know, because people think about training and building muscle and they only think about training. It's like, Listen, your lifestyle, sleep, nutrition is also important to promote muscle growth, right? So we're also going to have a healthy habit component coaching uh, aspect to the membership as well. Um, and again, this is just an opportunity to work with us if you don't work with us for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So that's going to be really exciting. I'm really excited for that. And again, if you decide to join, you're going to be getting world-class programming from Bernardo and I and support and coaching along the way because we'll be running group calls to make sure that you're training in a way that's optimal 
to achieve your body composition goals. Guys, if you don't follow Bernardo yet, please connect with him at Coach Bernardo on Instagram. What is your website? Just coachbernardo.com, right? Yeah. yeah. If you if you want to work with, so I work more with people one-on-one who are trying to improve overall health, build muscle as well, hypertrophy being a focus. But Bernardo tends to work with clients who are a little bit more advanced on the hypertrophy training side of things, who don't necessarily um, have issues with fat loss or overall health, but really want to take their physique to the next level. If that's you and you've been interested in working with a coach, definitely, definitely, definitely reach out to Bernardo. He's, I think, one of the best people in the industry and definitely underrated. I think you should have way more reach with your knowledge, my man. Um, but anyways, dude, any any final words? No, thanks so much for the invitation. I really enjoyed this conversation. Great. Awesome, guys. Well, have a wonderful um, day and rest of your week. And we'll catch you in next week's episode, which will be the lower body episode. See you guys.